the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste a sound and a feeling that can only be described in one way harlem style so come and take a trip on the a train with our harlem sugar hill golden ale and our harlem renaissance whip beer the neighborhood original sponsored by harlem beer distributing north carolina for more information log on to their website at harlembeernc.com you've got it locked to the hbcu football daily podcast for today tuesday october 4th i'm donald Ware. it's takeaway tuesday on the hbcu football daily podcast i've got a couple of takeaways from week five in HBCU football, we're really about halfway through the HBCU football season. So the box to row, uh, the, or excuse me, the HBCU coaches and media polls came out on yesterday. And for the first time this year, Jackson State was was a unanimous number one with the coaches and the media. Unanimous number one with the coaches and the media, the first time that it has happened this year, and I think maybe the first time that it's happened uh, happened with respect to Jackson State. When we look at the coaches poll, Jackson State remained, of course, was number one. North Carolina Central, despite its loss to Campbell, 48-18, to remained number two. Alcorn State remained number three. Prairie View A&M uh, remained number four, and Hampton was number five. The only change... In the coaches poll was Florida A&M and South Carolina State switched places from last week, which Florida A&M is now seven, six, and South Carolina State is seven. In the media poll, a little bit different. Jackson State, obviously number one. You got Albany State and Virginia Union at number two and number three, respectively. Both moved up one spot from last week. Florida A&M also moved up one spot to number four, while North Carolina Central is number five and then Benedict for the first time this year is in the media poll at number eight never been ranked dominating performance against Fort Valley State and that of course is one of my takeaways for today as well we want to say congratulations to our HBCU national players of the week uh three we got three players as a matter of fact, Donovan Eaglin, the running back for Alabama A&M, had 190 yards rushing. He had two touchdowns. He also had another receiving touchdown. Alabama A&M was able to get its first victory of the season, a much-needed victory, uh, as a matter of fact. And then also, uh, we had Fayetteville State uh, defensive end Cameron Morell. As the other, and we talked about this yesterday, that these two young men were in the running. Uh, three sacks, three tackles for loss in the ball game. Um, he also had 12 total tackles in the game. Eight of those were solo tackles. Fayetteville State defeated Shawan 13-10. to uh, So you look at those uh, two young men. And then also, Ike Brown of Lane had a, a, a 137 multi-purpose yards, two touchdowns including the game, the, uh, the, the, the touchdown that brought Lane to within one point 
in overtime, and then he was able to rush for the game-winning touchdown, uh, the two-point convert. Well, it's not a touch, but it's a two-point conversion, the game-winning two-point conversion. So, um, and that's really one of my takeaways uh, also. So those three young men, uh, HBCU National Players of the Week. Let's go to takeaway uh, number one. Tennessee State is struggling right now. There's no question about that. Um, you know, I thought maybe when you looked at the game against Jackson State, 16-3, to you're like, okay, you know, Tennessee State may be okay. But, I mean, that's that John Merritt Classic. And I want to look here to see how many fans were in attendance because that John Merritt Classic is – definitely it's a really it's a huge deal uh there in nashville it's the only game as a matter of fact i believe is 11,533 fans it's the only game i believe division one that's sanctioned by the ncaa as a as that a school can put on as a classic so it's a really big deal and tennessee state is struggling i mean i'll give lane all the credit in the world lane's got a good program i talked about it yesterday i mean you put 42 points up on Arkansas Pond Bluff, who's struggling right now, uh, although Lane has lost a couple of games. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, you know, you go toe-to-toe with Pond Bluff, you beat Tennessee State. And, and that just shows you that's why we that's why you play the games, A. B, when you talk about it's a lot of, you know, it's not a lot of as much respect given to the Division II HBCUs as a whole, which I think is wrong. It's all about, to me, HBCU football as a whole and, and you got a lot of teams that can play with these division one programs Albany State's a program that can play with division one HBCU programs Virginia Union's a program that can play you go years back Winston-Salem State w- could play Tuskegee could play. I mean you you've you know it's this deal and and now you look at Lane actually putting the work in to beat Tennessee State even though Tennessee State may be a little bit down um, uh, this year. That said, if you're Tennessee State, you 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 know this is a the John Merritt Classic. You generally bring in a team, not you. You don't bring in a team you can beat. But they played Bethune Cookman in the past. When Tennessee State, J- Tennessee State doesn't lose in the John Merritt Classic. Okay, I think that's more of the bottom line. And for Tennessee State to lose this football game, uh, in, in the manner in which it did, because Lane said. Lane could have kicked the extra point, went into a second overtime. Lane said, you're paying us to be here. We have nothing to lose. If we win this football game, it is huge for our program. If we lose, doesn't mean much, right? So they played as if they had nothing to lose and ultimately won that football game. So that's a big-time win by Lane. So that's one of my takeaways. Uh, Another one of my takeaways is... Uh, North Carolina Central's loss to Campbell. You know, that that's, a, I mean, as big a win, I thought, two weeks ago as the Eagles had over, um, over New Hampshire, um, yeah, over New Hampshire, and then to get into the top 25, ultimately get, got knocked out or didn't get voted into the top 25, even though the, the win was over, it was over Virginia University of Lynchburg. I mean, I get it, but still, I mean, I don't think you penalize a team um, for a win, boy, it just wasn't the Eagles' day. And a lot of that is because of Campbell. Campbell rushed for 315 yards in this game. Mac Minter is building a program. He's really built a program um, at Campbell. 
Uh, even in the preseason, Sam Washington, the head coach at North Carolina A&T, says Campbell's got a good program. For everything I heard, I know quite a few people that went to that game. They've got a really big offensive line, was able to run for 315 um, on the Eagles, who have a pretty good defense. Davius Richard, the quarterback in the game for the Eagles, 21-35, 294 yards, two touchdowns. He also threw two interceptions and rushed for an, another touchdown, 11 carries, for 37 yards, uh, he was only sacked one time in the game. So he continues to put up the numbers, but uh, wow, he's, he's responsible for all three of their touchdowns. But man, that's a that's a pretty that's a that's a big loss. We'll uh, we'll see how the Eagles are able to bounce back from that loss, uh, which was the first of the year for the Eagles. Takeaway number three: Benedict, Benedict's for real. Uh, you know, I, I, I you know made the prediction that I thought it would beat Fort Valley State. I didn't think it would beat Fort Valley State the manner in which it did. Um, twenty points in the third quarter it was a twenty to seven game at halftime. Uh, twenty, it was twenty to six maybe at halftime, something like that. But they put up twenty points. Uh, did the Tigers in the third quarter, and just got it done defensively. Held uh, Fort Valley State to just sixty five yards passing. Now. Uh, you know, with that being said, I mean, we knew, right, that it was going to be very possible um, that the running back for Fort Valley State was going to get loose. I mean, it was no surprise um, about that at all. Matter of fact, the final score in that game was 45 um, to 13. So there was no big surprise um, with respect to that. I think the, the surprise was that Fort Valley State was only able to pass for 65 yards in this ball game. And, I mean, the bottom line is you're not going to stop Emmanuel. If you're Benedict, like, you're not going to stop Emmanuel Wilson. As a matter of fact, you probably are okay with, with Fort Valley State running the football a little bit. You just don't want Fort Valley State to pass. And ultimately, Fort Valley State could not pass. I mean, Emmanuel Lewis, 20 carries, 108 yards in the game. No touchdowns. Right, he, he, he scored a bunch of touchdowns the last couple of weeks, 5.4 yards per carry. If you're Benedict, I mean, you shut that down. So that's, that's I mean, kudos uh, to Benedict, who's now 5-0 on the season. Um, you know, <laughs> listen, that showdown is coming, right? The showdown between uh, Fort Valley State and, uh, excuse me, Benedict and, Fort, and uh, Benedict and Albany State is coming. If you're Benedict, you've got Miles next week. You don't want to look past Miles, okay? We don't. You don't want to look past Miles. You got to play that game. I mean, Miles is not the same Miles team that we've seen in years past, but it's still a team that is continuing to fight. If you're Benedict, you cannot look past Miles. That game is at home before Albany State the following week. That's going to be that probably is going to determine the SIAC's Eastern Division. In that same vein, for takeaway number four, we still have. Undefeated teams. Now, six, now five weeks plus an opening week, six weeks through the season to still have Benedict undefeated, Virginia Union's undefeated, Langston is undefeated. And I'm trying to think if there's someone else. I mean, I'm trying to think about this off the top of my head. Um, I think because North Carolina Central, North Carolina Central went down um, this past week was the other. Oh, and Jackson State, of course, Jackson State is still undefeated. So you still got four teams that remain undefeated 
in HBCU football. Actually, it's Benedict, Langston, Jackson State, Virginia Union uh, are your teams that are undefeated in HBCU football. And I would say six weeks into the season, that's pretty good to have those number of teams undefeated. You know, another takeaway is I kind of look through things. I mean, you know, first of all, that win by Delaware State now 3-2 and two on the season um, this past weekend was really good. I mean, you've got, you know, yeah, South Carolina State's 1-3, and three, but they've had an extremely tough schedule. I mean, I would say, you know, UCF, that's tough. You know, you're playing, um, uh, you're playing uh, South Carolina this past Thursday. That's tough. Um, you know, it, it, they beat, it was able to beat Bethune-Cookman. Um, but, I mean, I think, you know, losing to A&T, uh, that, that's a winnable ball game. If you're South Carolina State, that's a winnable ball game. But, again, South Carolina State started off kind of slow uh, on last year. But right now in the coaches' poll, South Carolina State is the only team with a losing record. And I think you're – well, A&T has a losing record as well. Uh, but, but A&T is sort of starting to put it together, has an off week this week, going uh, to host Edward Waters in two weeks. Um, so a and starting to build some momentum and, and, and get some wins here. Uh, but those are your only two uh, programs with, uh, uh, with a losing record right now, at least in the coaches' poll. And when you look in the media poll, there are no uh, South Carolina State at number 10, the only team with a losing record in the media poll. So listen, the season is going great. Things are getting uh, hot and heavy. We're about at the midway point of the HBCU football season. We've still got undefeated football teams. We've got plenty of football remaining. We've got good division matchups. Look at that CIAA coming up within the division. I really hadn't had a chance to look at week six and see what those games look like. Of course, we'll preview some of those games and talk about some of those games as the HBCU football daily podcast continues throughout this week. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can find us on our website at BoxToRow.com, also on iHeartMedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can watch on the Box to Row YouTube page. Talk with you tomorrow. 